politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight for life, liberty, property. It is all at stake. It is all on the line. And this is when it requires all men on deck to fight no holds barred. That's what we're all about here. Daniel Horowitz back in the house. A new week, Monday, February 7th. And folks, it is time we get rid of all the rules. It is time that we stop subjecting ourselves to rules and laws that the other side does not abide by. There's one thing you have to understand, one thing about our body politic today, and that's going to determine the course of history. And that is the communists that have taken over Western democracies, they have one rule of engagement. Okay, one rule of engagement in battle, and that is they win, we lose. There is no way they will ever let you win a battle so long as they are in charge of it. If you are in their playing field with their referees and you think somehow you're going to get cleverly fight and persevere and somehow defeat them on their playing field and with their referees, it's never going to happen. And you're totally not paying attention. That is the lesson today. When you look at the Joe Rogan stuff and the stuff going on with the GoFundMe, uh, with the Ottawa truckers, right? Those are probably the two biggest news stories over the weekend. They all tie in together. They're not going to allow you to spread the truth on their platforms. They're not going to you know, abide by statutes and laws and decency. What we've learned from COVID fascism, it's not just COVID. It's not even just medical bioterrorism that, in my view, is the single biggest and most important issue. But it's about unrestricted warfare. Unrestricted warfare. That they will do whatever it takes to take you down. They will never give an inch. They will never apologize. And that is why we cannot play by their rules. We need to self-separate from them. But also, in the meantime, as we move towards that direction, when we get power, we have to do the same thing back to them. So through that prism, I want to go through some of the news of the day, uh, some of the ideas, strategies. As always, we are comprehensive, full-stop shop here. Um, You could... Always find me at Blaze Podcast, by the way. Now that they're going after podcasts, we always knew they would. So if there's ever anything for now, it, it does help if you give me a five-star rating and comments on iTunes. I really appreciate it. Some of you have been so generous, and it does help. But we also do have to prepare for the eventuality uh, that you won't be able to access me on those platforms. So you could always find me at the Blaze. Now, one of the things going on now with all the shortages the fascism, is that ammo is never going to go back to the original price that it was, okay? I mean, that's that's just the reality. So it's very tough to be a gun owner and, and, and properly train. That's why I recommend iTarget Pro. It's a revolutionary system that allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm in the comfort and safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range or expensive practice ammunition, 
Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet. It's like a dummy bullet into your firearm. Again, they have both for 223 for your rifle as well as a 9mm 45 cal for your handgun. Um, and boom, you know, you download the app, you shine it on the board they give you. You could even, for a couple extra bucks, you could download the uh, advanced app that that i use where you could time your your draw you could practice your five point draw save 10 percent plus get free shipping at itargetpro.com offer code cr again that's the letter i targetpro.com offer code cr okay folks so you know what did we learn from the gofundme now i don't know why these guys used gofundme to begin with they should have known about give send go the christian crowdsourcing site is much better um they actually support our values but you know yeah i mean they were going to try to cheat not not just suspend it but cheat people out of 10 million dollars of course they were going to do that and you see it worked when we bullied the bullies there was an outcry we didn't let it go and they had to give in at least on that much giving back the money and the lesson is that it's time to bully the bullies. It's time to persecute the persecutors, to censor the censors, to boycott the boycotters, and to cancel the cancelers. We didn't create this fight. We would rather live harmoniously in a society where you could share a diversity of political views and still live together. But that is not the design of the global elites that run Western democracies. That's not what they, they pl plan for us. That's not what they have in store. And we have to live in that reality. That's the thing. They're going to cancel every one of our people. So we can't just throw them to the wolves. You see with Joe Rogan, he apologized. I can't believe that. It was a big mistake. Huge mistake. By the way, you know, an interesting thing, just, just to show you a lesson of unrestricted warfare... Where is this? This was from Stacy Adams. I'm trying to find out here. Yeah. Stacy Adams was caught in a viral photo where she was the only one without a mask. And let's just say she has some comorbidities going on there. And all the students were muzzled. Young. They were young kids. You know, I don't know, second grade or something. So she was traveling, she's running for Senate, and she was traveling, and she was caught red-handed. I mean, you know, even Biden, everywhere he goes, he seems to wear a mask. She pushes it, foists it on children, and it sits there. It's the new bondage. It's disgusting. And by the way, just as an aside, it's interesting. Now it's universal among Republicans and the GOP.com, the RNC, to, to, to do what we were doing for a year and a half. Yeah, you know, look at these Democrats, you know, the hypocrisy on the masks. But now the masks are going to go out, I mean— the New Jersey governor, he milked it till then. Now he said, okay, you can go back. The point is, they still own our bodies until the next time. And many aspects of this they're not even getting rid of. But Republicans will always do this when it's too late and continue playing by their rules rather than in every single state making it a criminal, criminal charge for anyone who masks a kid banning any public and, yes, private place from ever requiring someone ever again anywhere to wear a mask. That's how you fight 
unrestricted warfare where they only got masks into the culture, economy, businesses, and and so-called law, it's not law, policy, through unconstitutional, inhumane, illogical, immoral, lying, censoring, breaking laws. You can't go back, okay, now we're going to play it even. No. But anyway, to go back to the point, so she was caught pretty badly. You think she would apologize? or No. She puts out a statement. It's shameful that our opponents are using a Black History Month reading event for Georgia children as the impetus for a false political attack. And it is pitiful and predictable that our opponents continue to look for opportunities to distract from their failed records when it comes to protecting public health during the pandemic. One of Stacey's opponents downplayed the virus while trading stock to profit off the pandemic. Another of her opponents attacked mayors seeking to protect their citizens and has failed to expand access to Medicaid even as rural hospitals close. The pathetic, transparent, and silly attack is beneath anyone who claims he wants to lead Georgia. <laughs> I love it. No mention of what she did. Go big or go home. I mean, it's beautiful. You can't have conciliatory tones and obsequious bowing down to the left when, when, when they get caught in the most grotesque hypocrisy. They respond like that. That's my point. And that's why, like, you know, I appreciate... Congressman Thomas Massey, he announced he's going to cancel the cancelers. He's going to refuse to meet as a congressman with any morally bankrupt entity who enforces vaccine mandates. So any business that has a vaccine mandate, any any thing, you know, he's going to check. Normally, there's like a pay for play. Did you donate to my campaign? So his pay for play is for human rights. Do you violate human rights? Do you require um, the clot shots? I'm not meeting with you. That's the mentality we need. Cancel the cancelers. Censor the censors. You have to fight back with equal and opposing force, Newton's laws of physics, just to have you know, an object stay in equilibrium. This is what we need, and this is what we lack from Republicans. Unrestricted warfare. That's where this is, it. This is at. There's nothing they won't do. There's nothing they won't do to your body. There's nothing they won't do to the Constitution, the laws. There's nothing they won't lie about with data. And we're going to talk about the data in, in, a, in a minute. Everything they will lie, cheat, and steal. What you need to understand is picture a baseball game where they set, uh, set out from, from the get-go to say, look, we get as many runs as we want until we decide to end our half of the inning, okay? And somehow you get to bat and you think, okay, I'll persevere with my three outs and the umpires and, you know, the balls and the strikes. I'll still try somehow beat them. You will never win because they're not going to create consistent rules even within their corrupt rules, right? So even if you try, if the dog catches the car, so finally you catch them, you expose them, or they become unpopular, they're not going to say, oh, you got me, and then agree to you. They'll keep moving that bar. They will never let you catch it. Once you crown them as the kings of the economy, society, law, politics, and you give them control, they're never going to allow you to beat them in their game. It's unrestricted warfare. It's true physically, too. There's this terrible story out of Germany. 17-year-old girl beaten several times by six adults 
kicked and and her hair was pulled out because she was not wearing a mask, according to a police report. This is, I mean, this is literally like Kristallnacht. This is literally what happened in Germany in the 1930s. Nothing matters. They have thrown out all social norms, economy, physical health, mental health, Nuremberg Code, laws, constitution. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We need to operate under that assumption. Now, folks, when I'm so stressed out dealing with this, one of the things that has helped me with stress recently is sitting back with my Raycon wireless earbuds and listening to music. I just need it for my own heart. It's it's just, it's it's eating me away. But it's good for all of you to get away from the screen time and whether it's listening to this show, another worthy show of which there aren't too many, or listening to music, Raycon wireless earbuds are the best way to bring that audio to you. Um, the crispest sound, it's really the best brand that is brought to you for an affordable price. You go to buyraycon.com slash conservative, you get 15% off. Um, they have over 48,000 five-star ratings. They last for eight hours of playtime, 32-hour battery life. They're priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium brands. Um, by the way, they also have an awareness mode. I thought that was cool for when you need to listen to your surroundings, um, which is pretty much when you're walking down the street so you don't get knocked out. That, that That's what the punks look for. They see people with their earbuds. They come up behind them and knock them out. So that's what awareness mode is for. So anyway, listeners to my program get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash conservative. That's 15% off your Raycons at buyraycon.com slash conservative. Okay, so now, I wanted to update you on what is going on on the DOD DMED data, the Defense Medical Epidemiology uh, database. So just to review here, uh, you know, a bunch of whistleblowers, my understanding, by the way, is that there's about 150 military doctors that have come forward. Only a few of them are going to put out their names because, you know, the ones that aren't nearing retirement, they don't want to be put into retirement. But what happened was in the military, we said this many times, the military is a place where you have young, healthy, fit people. Okay, almost exclusively. And more than that, to get into active duty military, you know, most people, certainly if you're obese, but even diabetes, heart disease, you're weeded out in medical screenings. So it self-selects for a very healthy population, as you would expect. So you don't have, you know, a lot of crazy ailments going on in active duty military. That's the place that you're not going to see it. It's like a place of fit athletes. Now, just like we all of a sudden saw athletes just dropping dead, evidently, this has been going on in the military, but it's been covered up. And by the way, you see now a lot of stories of soldiers dying and they're very suspicious. But military doctors were seeing this all year since the vaccines were released. Whether it's sudden metastatic cancers, whether it's all these heart inflammation ailments, blood clotting, um, you know, uh, brain bleeds and vertigo, neurological issues. Obviously, you know, myocarditis, pericarditis, things like that. So we had this explosive data that 
attorney Thomas Renz working with the whistleblowers, and I know two of them, and I've spoken to them almost daily, and they released data showing unmistakable, you know, several-fold increases, sometimes tenfold increases, like in the case of neurological uh, diagnoses. So the 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 military has something called DMED, defense. Uh, um, Ah, what is it? Defense Medical Epidem- Epidem- Epidemiology Database, DMED. And that was designed exactly for this purpose. It has all of the billing codes, all of the diagnoses punched in by military doctors on a given month, a given year for tons of ICD codes. And this is, again, it's exclusively military doctors that have access exclusively treating active duty soldiers. And this was a very expensive system where you could quarry tons of permutations. You could imagine a database like this, the millions of different permutations that you could derive from it. You know, if you could query only pilots or only people at this base, and then obviously all the demographic points within each ICD code, you know, how many people got, um, you know, heart ailments, in, in, in this category, from this demographic. And then obviously you do have increasingly females in the military and you're going to have reproductive issues, menstrual issues, okay? So you're never going to get a clearer Rosetta Stone to get to the bottom of the truth of how extensive were the injuries of the shots than the DMED system. You know, when they say VARES well, with VARES, it's not, it's, it's sometimes people could, could punch it in. It's not necessarily always a doctor. It's not verifiable. The, the DMED data seemed to show what we all knew is that VARES is underreported by a factor of 1 to 20, 1 to 40, 1 to 50, 1 to 100, depending on the ailment and how serious it is. That's what studies have always shown, and we knew that. So they want to say VARES is not even true, the appalling extent of injuries in VARES, right, over a million injuries, you know, several hundred thousand serious and, you know, like 23,000 deaths. We all, you know, they, they, they want to even deny that by saying that overhypes it. And we always said, look, that's just the tip of the iceberg. And DMED was done. There, there was nowhere to run or hide. Because it's not like we're trying to do some clever backhanded thing like use like CMS data, which there's nothing wrong with doing that. This system was literally designed for the type of query that we're doing. And remember, the doctors only looked research DMED when they were clinically experiencing this and going to their higher ups in the military and saying, look, we're having problems often it wasn't even about raising concerns about, about the vax, like saying we need to back off the vaccine. They are just saying we need to help treat people, and they weren't giving them the proper resources to treat vaccine injury. Okay? I could confirm directly from one of the whistleblowers they have been seeing sudden metastatic cancers. Okay? Weird places, weird types, very aggressive, 20, 21-year-olds. Okay? You know, it was, it was horrible. I was, you know, told about this, like, maybe 21-year-old female had a, a rare form of brain cancer that one of one of these whistleblowers was dealing with as her patient. So you, you could understand that when you're in the military, 
See, outside the military, it's it's kind of, okay, you're an oncologist. By definition, people with cancer come to you. It, it, it takes longer to prove that something is a real trend and not just anecdotal. Whereas in the military, A, we have the best data system around, designed to be used for epidemiological purposes, and B, you can't miss it because... You, you, I don't have exact numbers. I'm just saying, you can't, let's say you're a doctor for 30 years in the military and you see five cancers. I'm just exaggerating to prove a point. And all of a sudden, within a few months, you see 20 of them. It's like, wait a minute. Like, what? what is going on? But that's exactly what happened. So that was an earth-shattering story. But since then, the government's response, DOD's response to that data is a bigger story than even the data because it ties into our thesis today, unrestricted warfare, that they are willing to lie, cheat, steal. They're willing to destroy any data. They're willing to just destroy military health and national security to protect a goal. If it's BLM, if it's the homosexual agenda, and now the biomedical agenda, which is the biggest of all, there's nothing they will not employ to achieve their outcome. We thought, like, okay, we got them, checkmate, like, what are you going to do? But it is shocking what they've done. And before we get to our final sponsor today, speaking of shocking, kind of what they're doing to our military and our bodies is what they did to our economy. The inflation is out of control. The government continues to want to, you know, make sure that they pay as little as possible on the mountains of debt they have. Imagine if your mortgage had a negative interest rate. So the point is, it's going to come out of you. Protect your savings now by hedging against inflation with gold from Birch Gold because the government is sabotaging the value of the dollar. Birch Gold is the only company I trust and recommend for precious metals, particularly to convert an eligible IRA or 401k into an IRA backed by real gold. Now is the time when most of you are going to be working on your taxes. You have extra money that you owe the government. You know, One strategy I do is put it into an IRA, so why not put it into gold rather than the stock market casino? Text Daniel to the number 989898 to get a no-cost, no-obligation info kit on how gold and silver can protect your savings and how you can buy gold under the umbrella of a tax-sheltered account. Again, do it right now by texting Daniel to 989898. Okay, so now the DMED data. So what do they do? An hour or so after um, the data came down, after Thomas Renz testified that Monday, two weeks ago, before uh, the committee, not the well, wasn't no, it wasn't a committee, it was Ron Johnson's forum. Suddenly, the DMED database went down, and military physicians couldn't access it, and it was bizarre. The story was there was nowhere in the media. Even on the right-leaning media that, that typically cover this, I was literally the only one with, with a major publication. Finally, Epic Times did one over the weekend. That's the, the second one. But nothing, and the military had no response. It just went down. And you knew, we knew that they were just cooking the books. They were backfilling the data. So what they did was, in a, in a parsimonious, you know, three-sentence response to PolitiFact, no press release, no addressing the issue head on. They seem to only care about 
defending and exonerating the vax as a culprit for the data rather than explaining, well, what is the data and what happened? So they announced to PolitiFact, no, 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 they're right. The whistleblowers are right. The 2021 numbers are correct. But the 2016 to 2020 numbers they used as a five-year baseline, really there was a glitch. And those numbers only represented a fraction of the ICD codes. There were really many, many more ICD codes there, and we're going to be backfilling it in the coming days. So that's what they announced. And it was like, wait a minute, what? I mean, so this system, forget about COVID, forget about vaccines. This system was designed to day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month to be monitored by defense health agency officials to make sure there's no emerging trends with injuries in certain training, with exposure, with all. You have to make sure there's, you know, China's not trying to poison your military. You, you got to watch this stuff. I mean, this is a huge issue. They spend millions of dollars on this system. You mean to tell me your entire data was bogus until 20, until you noticed, but somehow January 2021, it reset itself, but then you didn't notice it, but it kind of reset on its own, but then you knew in 2020, only once Ron John announced it, and then retroactively, I mean, it's insane. It's insane. Retroactively, those five years, and by the way, then we accused them, we were like, okay, why is it those five years are arbitrary? That's just the baseline used by these guys because that's ICD-10. 2015 and before is ICD-9, right? The medical billing changes its codes every few years. So now I'm hearing once we said that, they're they're backfilling ICD-9. The, the reason they didn't use before, they could have used a 20-year baseline. I forget how long DMED's been around. The reason they didn't is because um, basically... Let's say pulmonary embolism is you know oh oh one four whatever. So before it would be a different number. So it's just it's just it's a lot of work to do apples to apples comparison. But it's not that you can't do it. It just takes a lot longer. So they did look at a few, and they reflected the fact that like let's say they looked at 2012 or 2008, and the the macro numbers jived with the whistleblowers what they originally downloaded before the change. So now I'm hearing that they're backfilling ICD-9s too, before that too. So they're saying that it's not just five five years now. Their entire system, their entire epidemiological system to monitor the health of their active duty troops since the beginning of that system only reflected a fraction of the data. Now they don't say, well, so what was in there? It was only certain doctors, only like what was in there? How did it get in there? How did the other stuff stay out? How did you all of a sudden know where the body was buried and fill it in three minutes. In other words, they went from zero to 100 in a second. So they went from being in the dark since the beginning of DMED that the system was worthless to three minutes later, oh, no, no, we we figured it out. And somehow they had the data ready. Do, Do you understand what it's like? It's not just filling in 10 data points, like, oh, okay, miscarriages, uh, cancers. You have to understand that the, the, the parts have to equal the sum, the permutations. It's, uh, could, could you imagine each ICD code that they changed, comprising of tens of thousands of ICD codes, and then each one, let's say you could query by several dozen things, you know, ra- race, gender, um, age, military base, type of soldier, whatever. 
how you're able to do that. You would have to have a – they're able to do that. They have sophisticated software to do that. But you would have had to have had that prepared that you – you were just hit by a nuclear bomb. Your entire system, Thomas Renz and Ron Johnson from these whistleblowers, they demonstrated through 2021 ICD codes being through the roof relative to the previous years that I'm, I'm going in their mind, in the mind of the military, and according to their position, that everything before 2021 was lowballed. It only comprised a fraction, you know, like one-tenth of the codes. And now, so you went from being in the complete dark, and now suddenly you're like, oh, no, no, we, we get it. It was only those things, but it's reset. We're, we're putting it back in. Does that make sense to you? That would take forever, and you'd be like, look, we're researching this. We're trying to figure out the problem. How do you go from being in the dark about something that, like, you basically, the implication is that you had no handle on health trends in the military for a generation. Now that we know they're screwing with the ICD-9 codes, too. And then suddenly you got it all figured out. Oh, yeah, we just had to recalibrate the data. Okay, we're done. And then also, again, the question is, it would be one thing if 2021 was off, too. So it was all off. Like, oh, no, no, we figured because it only represented, uh, uh, let me just make up a story. Um, you know, let's say there's 100 military bases. That only somehow has the data from doctors at 10 military bases. Okay. But then why would 2021 suddenly reset to be proper? But then you didn't know about it. You didn't know that 2020, meaning you would say that they fixed it. The glit, you know, they, they fixed the underreporting in 2021, which is what they're saying. 2021 is accurate. But they didn't know about it and didn't fix the previous years until Thomas Renz came forward and it needed fixing. <laughs> I mean, folks, the, the, the rigging, everything is rigged. Everything. They're, if they're willing to rig the military healthcare data, you understand the national security implication? Put aside COVID and the vaccine for a minute. What they are alleging is insane. And that should be a huge story. Senate Armed Services Committee, House Armed Services Committee, showed hearings. There should be press conferences where they answer questions from the media. But nobody wants to talk about it. And by the way, it's so bad. Thomas Renz tells me he can't even get on certain shows you would think he would get on. I'm not. I'm, I'm talking about some of this is they're scared of being the next Joe Rogan. Almost everyone is scared to tackle this one issue. Which tells you that the military data is the smoking gun we've been looking for the entire time. It's terrible, the implication of it. But the truth needs to come out. Just know I didn't kill myself, okay? You know, if they come after me. But the reality is, this is very scary. See, everything I put out. If it's like earth-shattering data, like, you know, the vaccine efficacy data, mask efficacy, they'll have a fact check on me in three seconds. This thing was out and was like radio silence. They didn't want to address it. What does that tell you? Now, I want to get into some specifics about the data, <clears throat> just, just how absurd it is what they're alleging. But I don't want to lose sight of the broader point today, that they're willing... They're not going to allow you to win. Oh, you got me. You got me. The vax is terrible. 
No, they will go back and rig the entire data for it looks like they're going back probably to 2000 or or whenever DMED began, maybe in the 90s. And they don't care. There's nothing they will not destroy. There's nothing they will not compromise. There's no law they, they're unwilling to break. There's no amount of human calamity they're not willing to induce to achieve their agenda. And you all need to understand that. And by the way, based on what they did with DMED, I think you could all understand now it's not very hard to believe that our elections are screwed up, okay? You understand how quickly they were able to recalibrate everything? I want you to think about a military health, health surveillance database of 1.4 million active duty soldiers, what that looks like to query such a system and how they could so-called fix it that quickly. Just understand that you know that, that that's that's our elections are screwed up, and I, I haven't even covered it much because to me that's not even the biggest issue. There's one thing to steal an election. There's another thing, another thing to steal our lives. As I've always said, elections aren't the most important thing in a true republic, constitutional republic. Okay, you win the thing, but if you abide by the Constitution, you might have some corruption, some pay-for-play, but if you abide by basic human rights, constitutional rights, there's a limit to what you can do to us, even if you falsely win an election. The problem is not so much the election. It's the cheating on law and policy and human rights. But I did want to get to just some of this data some of what they're putting in. and Oh, and by the way, one other thing on this. Very interesting. So over the weekend, um, these dudes, what, what do you call these dudes? These um, ASIP. Uh, it's the CDC's advisory committee. Let me get this right. Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices. They met to fully approve Moderna's shot. Oh, Spikevax. I'm sorry. It's Spikevax. So, here's the deal. Here's the deal. They write, and I'm reading off of their, one of their documents. They talk about vaccine injury surveillance, right? We continue to review COVID-19 vaccination safety data from passive and active surveillance systems. U.S. safety monitoring systems include VAERS, Vaccine Safety Data Link, FDA BEST system, Department of Veterans Affairs, Indian Health Service, and Department of Defense. Well, Department of Defense presumably is DMED. So do you understand the implication of CDC's ASIP statement in the context of of what DOD is now saying. That means they've been monitoring DMED all year, which of course they would, because it's the best data system. I'm saying if you're monitoring vaccine injury, that's the first place you're going to look. Okay, everyone knows that that was always shared with CDC and they had full access to it. That means that they had no problem with what they were seeing. Remember, 
DOD, what they are saying is that the whistleblowers are right. That, first of all, the 2021 data is right. And even the pre-2021 data they're saying is wrong, but they're admitting that what the whistleblowers saw is, in fact, accurate. That is what was in the data. They're saying the database was wrong, and they're fixing the database. But the point is, anyone looking at the system and monitoring it, they would be seeing in, in, in all these categories. But by the way, it's not every category. That's that's the key control on their thesis. It's only in the ones that were, you know, that could conceivably cause vaccine injury, massive in, injuries. CDC was looking at that, and clearly they had no problem with it. So what that means is they were watching. Let, let, let's say it's not true. Let's say the data really DOD is correct and there was no change in anything. No change, no change. But CDC didn't know that, okay? What they were looking at in the data at that time showed a massive change, and they had no problem with that. So they were watching massive injuries in the military, had no problem with it. It also demonstrates that they're, that that they're obviously lying because if they were noticing that they would have just privately changed the DMED data. They only did it once it was exposed. So anyway, that's an important point. But I wanna I wanna talk about just some of the macro data. Let's let's look at it from a macro standpoint. At a macro level, the data. So if you're looking at all the ICD codes, and by the way, we're just focusing on ambulatory. This is outpatient. There there are hospital treatments for the military, obviously, but obviously there's going to be a lot more outpatient. The majority of the codes are outpatient. So typically, so according to the data that the whistleblowers drew, drew, typically you had about two million ICD codes in the military per year, about 2 million total, which makes sense. It's a 1.4 million active duty, about 2 million you'll have. And because a lot of them are very minor, right? It's any picture, any visit you go. Okay, you have some sort of, you know, winter virus, you have a strep throat, whatever. I mean, that's going to be an ICD code, right? Most of them are going to be overwhelmingly mild, in 2021, in, in just 11 months, because we don't have December, it was 21.5 million. Okay, so that's that's the problem. They go recalibrate the data, and they show ranging from about 22, 23 million for the five-year baseline, and then 2021 is at 21.5. But there is another month left that we don't have, so it will it will even out to about twenty three million, let's say, if it if December was you know on track like the other months. So in other words, they have zero increase. So they want to say you look at totality ICD codes, there was no difference between twenty twenty one and any other year. That's what they want to say. That is the data they are now showing. Now, there's a major problem with that. You see, let's say the vaccine never existed. Let's just put the vaccine aside. We all agree that you have to have a massive increase in ICD codes in 2021 by virtue of COVID, right? In other words, according to their data, COVID doesn't exist. Think about this. They're saying we're going to push unprecedentedly in, in, uh, unsupported, experimental, 
bioweapon vaccine because COVID's so bad and we need the military to get the vaccine, yet their own data, according to them, is showing that literally COVID never took a pit stop in the military. It never came to the military. There was no COVID in the military. Now, look, we all admit the military's young and healthy, generally very young. You do have some middle-aged people. And generally speaking, the deaths and hospitalizations were pretty low in the military, as you would expect. But, you know, there were a few thousand hospitalizations. But as you guys well know from a year of my show, and some of you experience yourself, even if you're in your 20s and 30s, Delta was pretty doggone bad. So even if the overwhelming majority would have absolutely no problems with it, you absolutely will have people, especially once Delta hit in July, the southern bases, you know, in the southern states. Are you kidding me? You will have a certain percentage of those 1.4 million people active duty that will at a minimum seek outpatient. Right? Forget about hospitalizations, right? That it's going to be low among a young population, 20, 25-year-olds, you will absolutely have doctor's visits. I mean, even the most conservative estimate of long COVID. So, in other words, we're not saying that the 2 million to 22 million rise, which is the real data, is all the vaccine. That we, we glean that from certain specific codes that clearly aren't proven from the shots, like obviously the myocarditis and the cancers and the you know, reproductive stuff clearly, clearly is coming from the shots. But but clearly, some of it, some of the things are coming from COVID. And we would definitely concede that. Under their new model, COVID never existed. And that makes no sense. The melees, the headaches, the migraines, there's no way, right? They have migraines now completely equal. No more. So, like, even definitely, like, migraines and vertigo definitely come from COVID, from, from the vaccines. But, again, I would concede it also does come from COVID. That clearly is spike protein. It makes no sense. It's like a kid who cheats on a report card or cheats on, or gets a bad report card and tries to change it, you know, for his parents. And let's say he was kind of a C student all along and he gets an F and he changes everything to an A. Well, dude, we know that's not true. At least make it realistic. And, and, and to draw a finer point on this, so, so this, that's, that, that's one concern. It makes no sense because of COVID. Concern number two is, you're telling me every year we had 23 million ICD codes in the military? What? It, it, they're supposed to be the healthiest people. That doesn't make any sense. The whistleblower data makes so much more sense. That in itself, if that's true, is a huge red flag. That would mean that, 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 that we have a comatose military. That doesn't make any sense. And to put a finer point on this, let's drill down to one of the specific codes we talked about, nervous system. So the whistleblower data, and again, this is it's not, they didn't make it up. The DOD is admitting that's what was in there before they changed it. It was about 82,000, 83,000 a year for nervous system codes. And this year, it's 863,000 first 11 months. So it'll probably wind up being between 950,000, 980,000 at the end of the day. And we're like, that's insane. And some of that's COVID, but some of that's the vaccine. Because you drill down to the subcodes, it really, you know, the, the brain bleeds, the vertigo. So that's what we were pointing to. 
they go and recalibrate the data and they make it no every year it was around 900,000 actually 2019 they have it at 994,000 so almost a million nervous system ICD codes in one year 2019 let's take that for a 1.4 million fighting force so two things are wrong number one is we would have a comatose military if you're you're now telling me that that was the the, the existing baseline of ailments and injuries in the military doesn't make any sense. But moreover, that would mean that in the year of long of COVID, long COVID, and vaccine, you had zero increase. That that would mean there was zero baseline increase of nervous system injury. That even the most conservative estimate of vaccine injury of co- of long COVID, you would have to show some increase. So we were showing tenfold. You would show double. Okay, no, it's not tenfold stuff. That's what I would have done if I were them trying to cook the books. But this is what, this is what they do. And, and the reason is because they don't need to hide it from us. They have one rule of engagement. They'll just say, screw you, we'll take the ball away. They don't care. We have to operate on that assumption. That's the theme today. And by the way, the other thing they did is, so you would have things that make no sense. So, you know, there are certain things that everyone agrees to. Myocarditis, pericarditis, Bell's palsy, Guillain-Barre. Okay, let's let's say those four. I mean, even the more traditional vaccines were always associated, even if it's a very rare, but it's certainly more than zero, Guillain-Barre and, and Bell's palsy. That was, that was a known reaction. Okay, it's well-documented. You just Google it, well-documented, that that plenty of people had that. I mean, I'm I'm sure all of you know people that got some form of Bell's palsy from this. Is it is? There's no way you're not going to see an increase. Yet there was zero increase according to their new data. Right? It was several. You know, it was like 300 percent. Let's say the original data zero. Myocarditis. They weren't. They were that they were smart enough because that's the one thing like the public knows about. So they still allowed for some increase. They didn't bring up the they brought up the previous year's numbers but enough that there's not not enough that there's no increase but you look at pericarditis zero increase again pericarditis to a certain extent there are even from covid some cases of that makes no sense no sense then you get to pulmonary embolism pulmonary embolism so you know you had basically um, typical year like 700 codes. And again, this doesn't mean 700 people because obviously if someone has a pulmonary embolism, I don't know, they might see the doctor three, five times. We don't have a good sense of how many people. We're not comparing people. It's numbers. But still, there are times where the numbers could be so high it's inconceivable. Even if there's, you know, everyone has multiples, it's still too high to have in the military. We have 700. And this year it went about 3,500 just in the first 11 months. You go there. They do smartly show some increase. Okay, because again, just COVID alone and and the, um, obviously the vaccine, they couldn't deny that. But they bring it up pretty close to like 2,600, 2,800 on a given year. 26, 2,800? Dude, 
Like, that's, that's insane. That doesn't make sense. The data shows about 60, 70 uh, pulmonary embolisms per 100,000 in the civilian world. But every study will show, if you look up pulmonary embolism, the lion's share of them are people age 70 to 80, sometimes in their 60s. You don't get people in their 20s with pulmonary embolisms. How in the world could we have had that amount of pulmonary embolisms every year? Just doesn't make any sense. So the bottom line is this. One of two things is true. Either there was a mass vaccine injury in the military, or our military has been very unhealthy and the Pentagon completely lost control over its entire epidemiological surveillance of these health issues for years and years, and they don't seem to be too concerned about it and don't seem to be coming clean and transparent about it, other than to say, it's not the vaccine. Okay, well, then what is it? And yet, there's no curiosity. This, this, I'm just trying to give you a vivid example. A lot of people don't believe how some crazy atrocities and cheating and lying by our government could take place without, you know, without them being caught. They don't care about being caught. Who are they caught by? Someone like me? Thomas Renz? They don't care. They'll get away with it. And the reason they'll get away with it is because we don't have an organized opposition. You'll have a handful of members here. You'll have a Ron Johnson here. But you don't have an organized, coherent, united opposition party in the form of, you know, let's say the only party we have is the Republican Party. You don't have that because they they play on their playing field because they're a controlled opposition. And this is why when we talk about I want to get more into this throughout the week what's going on in state legislatures. It is incumbent upon us to take this to the next level and not to operate on their rule, on, on our rules or you know, our three outs in an inning when they have an unlimited amount of at-bats. Right? You can't have them foist upon us cultural, economic, legal problems and we'll just kind of play it the way we always do. You know, this is the whole business of, you know, they have regulate business like anything and then some and then regulate businesses in, into lockdown and then regulate them into masking and vaccines. And then, you know, let's say it's taken off or you have a state where you say, oh, we're not going to do it. Oh, but we're going to allow them to do it on their own because I, I don't like putting mandates on private sector. Are you kidding me? You can't function that way. We need to think the way they do. We need to act the way they do. We have to fight fire with fire. That's the only way this is going to get done. So before we close up today, I just want to touch on a few other stories. I know we ran out of time. I I don't know. I got so carried away with the DMED data, but it's such a big story. So related to that is some of you might have seen this story. A Navy SEAL candidate dies and another is hospitalized after Hell Week. Now, obviously, we all understand how brutal the training is, but typically they don't like just die. Um, they, 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 there are times they get killed in an accident and they die on the spot, and that does happen a few times. But they say the sailors were not actively training when they reported symptoms and were transported to receive emergency care. 
I wonder what those symptoms were. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I've watched this for many years, and you know, I've, I was always very into kind of the special ops training and just kind of reading about it. And, and you do have, you know, sad, tragic accidents. Obviously, the drown proofing and things that happen in the pool. Um, but like we talked about on Friday with that green beret, now we have it confirmed um, from people there. He did not die. This was in September. He did not die drowning. He was out of the pool, said his chest hurt, and then went into cardiac arrest. So is that what happened here? We don't know. But I'm just saying, if you read that story going around about the Navy SEALs, both of them, one injured, one you know, one's sick and one is uh, one died. It doesn't fit the pattern of what you typically see um, deaths and injuries in, in training, which certainly do occur, um, but it, it just doesn't fit the bill. So again, the point is, if, you're never going to hear about this. If, if it did happen, you will never be told the truth. So that is with that. Um, another big story. We had Dr. Flavio Cartagiani um, on the show a couple weeks ago, they did the largest ivermectin study, not just ivermectin, but the largest study of any therapeutic against COVID, 167,000 um, people in an entire city of Itagi, uh, Brazil, um, used uh, ivermectin prophylaxis, and they found, you know, I forget the exact numbers, but like 60% reduction in hospitalization. Um, Flavio and, and Lucy Kerr is the, she's also a Brazilian doctor. She's the lead author on the study. Flavio point, pointed out that they were going to come out with kind of a part two based on some of this data. Well, they did come out with, with this data and, um, what it was is it showed that it's dose dependent, which we always knew. Now, again, we're not talking about treating on the spot. We're talking about prophylaxis. So what they found was, you know, the original study was just people that literally took, you know, um, what was it? Two milligrams per kg for two days and then took a two-week break. So two days every other week. And it didn't track when they got COVID. You know, some got could have gotten COVID at a different time or another, whatever. Here they looked for dose dependency, and they, and they had different groups, okay? So they had people that had 180 milligrams worth of ivermectin, 30 tablets, over a period of time. So built up in their system. I, I don't know how many, you know, I think in less than a five-month period. That that was the time-based. Um, so they had the, they called them, you know, 7,300 who never used it. Wait, wait, no, no. 7,300 cases occurred in non-users, 1,627 in sporadic users, and 289 in strict users. And then they had intermediate users. So they had different, they defined it as different levels of how much ivermectin they took. And what they found was essentially non-use of ivermectin was associated with a 10 times increase in mortality risk and seven times increased risk of dying from COVID compared to strict regular use. Um, they essentially, I believe, had, I want to say, and I, I, I haven't really delved into this, but I think it might have been a 100% reduction in death and 90% in hospitalization um, among the strict users. So a total of 180 milligrams got in their body built up prophylaxis over that few-month period. Um, so 
and I just want to say, related to the original study, they now published online, it's a searchable database that anyone, not just scientists, but anyone in the world could um, download. So, you know, on the one hand, yeah, it's not double-blinded, but on the other hand, they did an entire city, had people use it and not use it, and they took all of their demographic info. And again, it, it was always weighted towards the sickest people took the more ivermectin because they were more concerned. See, one of the problems, one of the reasons you want something blinded is because it might have a bias towards, it, it won't be scientifically random, right? You could have a, a confounder that, you know, I don't know, the healthier people will take your thing and that could account for your auspicious results. But in this case, it actually, in both parts of the study, the newer part um, and, and the original one, the sicker people and the older people gravitated more towards the ivermectin or the higher doses, taking it more often. So they were able to easily adjust for that. See, they have this stupidity of like there's a hierarchy in studies. It depends what you're looking for. I, I, it's not, I, I disagree that it's a hierarchy. I think there's different types of studies that are appropriate for different things and they all fill in a piece of the puzzle. For ivermectin, we have all of it. We have the double-blinded and randomized control. We have retrospective. We have meta-analysis. We have in vitro, in vivo. We have, you know, mechanisms of action studies. And they all paint the same picture. So it gives strength to each of them. But this is the largest sample, and it's the most transparent study with the most data permutations taken on each individual in the trial of anyone. That's the advantage you have of a non-blinded trial, right? They have so much information on them, and it's all downloadable. Anyone could download it. So the next time someone tells you, ah, there's not enough data, shut the hell up. There's nothing around for anything that has more data than ivermectin use for COVID-19. Okay, so that's bull. But of course, we can't even try that even though it has a, you don't need to prove a safety profile, right? It's fully approved, established, won a Nobel Prize, everyone agrees, it's one of the safest drugs around. But you could take something that not only is its efficacy not proven, but its safety is not yet proven, based on just one study by the company themselves getting several billion from the federal government, not just endorsing it, but buying it from them and making that standard of care. Remdesivir, Paxlovid, Monopiravir, all fine. It's all good. Because again, they have one rule for us. You need 100,000 double-blinded trials, and even then, we won't let you use it anyway. And we, for us, it's just enough just to say, Merck, Pfizer wants money, so this is what's going to go in your body. You cannot live harmoniously with people like that. Okay? That is a simple fact. Um, unfortunately, we ran out of time. I have so many more stories I wanted to get to you about this uh, uh, talking about cheating, pay-for-play university that funds Biden's think tank and hosts factcheck.org has contract with BioNTech. But the point is, it's one big rigged system. We need red states to self-separate. We need them to vigorously bully, censor, cancel, and do everything that needs to be done to the people who do it to us. Fight fire with fire, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Folks, again, check us out. iTunes, five-star rating with a comment. I really appreciate it. Till tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.